All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to the Reaching Your Potential podcast. I am very excited to bring on another guest on the show. This is a very different topic. We're going to talk a little bit about OT, but we're going to get really transparent, honest, and open about a topic that people really don't want to talk about, and that is burnout. And especially when you get to a point of being burnt out that you actually want to leave the profession and it's getting that type of serious in this episode, but it's a good one. And I feel like people need to hear it and hear from a great perspective from one of my OT friends here. So let's get started. Okay, in this episode, I have Afka on the podcast. She's going to um, talk a little bit about herself, um, and she's going to introduce herself to the audience. So everyone, meet Africa. Hey, everybody. I'm Africa. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, really, I feel like I'm a former occupational therapist, mm-hmm. but I'll always be a, a therapist at heart. Um, I've been OT for about seven years now. Um, I graduated in 2016 um, and I've been working with adults and with pediatric children, um, mostly in the school setting, but I've done a little home health and a little bit of clinic health. Um, I, around 2019, I transitioned like fully online doing uh, mostly like virtual therapy Uh, with students in virtual schools um, and some in brick and mortar schools who were in like remote places who couldn't find like OTs who lived there. So like places like Wyoming (laughs) where, you know, it's really hard to find people. Um, So yeah, that's most of what I've been doing. I opened my own business in like 2018. So I've been doing the virtual therapy and home health um, just through my own business while working um, contracts and working with like local clinics. So I'm sure I missed a bunch, but that's like the, the easy one minute spiel. <laughs> it's all right. We're going to fill in the gaps there, but I think that's a good way to get everybody having an understanding of who you are and what you did and where you are right now. But um, before we get into that discussion, I want to ask, how did you learn about OT? Uh, how did I learn about OT? Okay, so... At first, I really wanted to do physical therapy. And this was like, was this in high school still that I wanted to do that? Or was this college? No, this was this was college. I was like, I wanted to do physical therapy because I had um, uh, tweaked my knee and tore my ACL and I had to get physical therapy. And I was like, oh, this is lit. Um, <laughs> I can do this. Um, and my parents are both in... Um, they're both in the healthcare field. My dad, he's retired now, but he was a lieutenant firefighter and my mom was a a nurse. So I always thought that I would be in healthcare. So um, physical therapy seemed like a really good fit. Um, And thinking, like talking to you now, uh, the funny thing that I'm thinking about is before that, I really wanted to work with computers. Um, But I, and that was gonna be my plan, like all through kind of high school. And then I got into, uh, statistics and algebra. And those were the first classes that I ever failed in my life. I failed statistics in college. And then I failed algebra in high school. And my teacher was like, you want to be, you want to work with computers and you can't even do math. And I was like, damn, I guess I can't do that. So never mind. Why the teachers told me like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're not that mean now because, you know, PC culture is a little bit more aggressive, but they really, back in my day, (laughs) tell you the truth. And that was not the truth. But anyways, um, I want to do physical therapy first. And uh, to that point, when I was in college, I realized I had to take several years of um, physics and some other math class as a prereq to get into grad school and automatically told myself, not smart enough to do that. Uh, I looked at the requirements for OT and I was like, I don't know why, but for the schools that I wanna go to, OT doesn't need to do these random physics classes. Like why do we even need physics to begin with, but whatever. 
Um, and it's not, that wasn't the only reason I did it, but because I saw that, I was like, let me look into OT. And I started shadowing people at different places. And when I was shadowing them, I was really surprised to find that um, I really liked it. So I, I started shadowing people who worked at clinics, pediatric clinics and um, hand therapy clinics. And I was like, this is actually really, really interesting. So that's kind of how I, I got into it. I was also working at a, a school for children with autism, like severe autism, nonverbal. Um, they would get rocky with us all the time. So um, that's how I got introduced into like speech therapy, occupational therapy. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can do this. <laughs> uh, that's so cool. I love hearing everybody's story because everybody has a different journey. Uh, for me, I learned about OT in college, so I had no idea what OT was, and I was in the same boat as you. I thought I wanted to be PT because that's all I heard about was PT, physical therapy, but never mm -hmm. occupational therapy. So luckily, my school had an OT program. The PT program at the time was already full for my year cohort, so I was like, okay, that's not going to work. And then OT was kind of like, laying right on my lap I'm like okay let me figure it out and as I started to learn a little bit more about it I was like oh okay this is a cool profession let me transfer in and see how it goes and <laughs> the rest is history but yeah. overall like it does open up so many other um, options for um, your interests you know you already had all these interests and I also want to add in the fact about physics, like I hate physics, I hate, I don't, I don't understand the point of physics in my opinion, but um, in general, the prerequisites for the OT program I already had for the most part because of, um, I was following an exercise science track. So most of the classes that were um, fulfilling an exercise science degree kind of just fell straight through with OTs at the time. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect transition. Um, for PT, I would have to take some extra courses too. And I was just like, uh, do I really feel like taking these extra courses just to play catch up when he had to take two courses in the summer for OT versus like maybe five for PT? I was just like, okay, let me weigh out my options. And OT was kind of like the best route for me too. So yeah, my degree was also in physical, well, no, exercise physiology. Oh, dope. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love that we have like so many different, the same interests and like same, the like, close pathways too. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So let's dive deep into like the real, the real spiel about burnout. Um, I guess one thing is how would you describe burnout? Because some people may not know what burnout is or feeling burnt out um feels like so yeah just give you a little insight on what that that feels like or what it is yeah I guess um burnout for me would just be feelings of like extreme exhaustion and feeling unmotivated and just like super tired and all the like luster that you had for whatever you were doing is gone because you reached the point past what you can take. You, you've officially have nothing left to give. It's all gone. That would be my definition of burnout in the career, like, you know, in the, in the career sense, I would definitely say that would be my, my version of it. Yeah, I agree. I remember a couple of episodes back, I think it was like last year or so, I made an episode on feeling burnt out. <laughs> and um, you explained it just the way that I described it on that episode. If anyone wants to listen to that, go ahead. It wasn't really a happy episode, but it was just being very, <laughs> it was just me being very transparent about how I felt. And as you said, like feeling very overworked, feeling unmotivated, all the luster and the happiness you had in the profession or in that specific job is gone. And you just kind of going through the motions, whether you know, like you shouldn't do that, but you don't have any energy left to fulfill the job that you want to, like you want to serve the people that you're serving, but because of that feeling of unmotivated being or feeling unmotivated, feeling exhausted and just 
just lack of sense of self, like, or just sense of value. You have no value. You feel like you don't even give any value towards the profession or just the role that you're playing in and whatever role you are, it's gone. So it's just like, what am I doing? And like, what can I do to fix that? So I want to ask, what did you do? Or how long did you feel that you were in this phase of feeling burnt out? And when did you know that, okay, I need to do something about it? Oh, man. Uh, I think right now I'm thinking I have the luxury of being way more honest than I have ever been in any of these podcasts because I've um, removed myself from the field a little bit. So I'm going to be, I'm going to keep it 100. (laughs) The first time I felt burnout um, was probably in like 2018. This was probably like right before I can't remember if it was right before or right after I had opened my business, but <laughs> I was working in Colorado um, as a school therapist, working all around the city with all these different schools. And I was so tired. I was just like really tired. I was also doing home health. So I was like driving a hundred miles in one day sometimes. Um, so I was just exhausted physically and emotionally. Um because I felt like I was doing, I I think the main thing was I was doing so much more work than I was getting paid for because you don't have a choice. You know, you have to get your evaluation done. You have to get your whatever done, you know, whatever is due is due. It doesn't matter. You're going to get paid your little 37.5 hours, 40 hours, and that's it. But you still need to do the job and the job requires maybe 50 hours a week. And it doesn't really matter. There's no, there's no leeway for how much they're going to pay you. It's it's just like a constant. So I was really burnt out with just like coming home, doing more work, working on the weekends to try to like finish all these IEPs and evaluations and all that stuff. Um, And I was like super, super depressed to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed, which had never happened to me in my entire life. Um, As someone who feels like I have, you know, had to depressive spells before and anxiety. It was just like my anxiety and my like feelings of dread were so rich that I couldn't get out of bed for like a week. And that's when I had like a coming to Jesus moment of being like, oh my gosh, I thought this was my dream, y'all. Like (laughs) I thought like everything was going to be great. Like I'm doing all this good work, but I'm not really getting anything back from it. So that was the first time I felt that to that degree, to the point where I was like, I need help. I need to see someone for this. Um, And I did, and it got better. Um, Did anything change? Did I do anything differently? No, because I had to go to work and I had to make money. So I just was like, guess I'll go to therapy and do what I got to do and get out of bed with some um, help. Um, And it was okay for a while. But from that point, it just felt like work, like the passion was still there, um, but it really had dulled for me. So the thing that brought it back around 2018 was when I was like, okay, I see now that I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And that's when I started, like, I went to, I ended up going to India for a month by myself and and doing my yoga therapy um, certification. And that reignited the fire in me to like want to do this um, because I started seeing patients online and like doing yoga therapy and doing classes. And it was amazing because that was my passion. Um, (laughs) And this is a really long answer, but, you know, it was good for like a year and a half. Um, And then right around 2019, I think I'd been doing it for like a year and a half by that point. Um, And I took on more work doing contracts with schools and the pay was so terrible. Like they just don't tell you all this stuff. The pay was so bad and I was working so much. um, And I was just like on zoom for hours, just like staring at people. Um, My second wave of like burnout was extreme to the point that I would be like, before getting on zoom to see students, I would cry. Like, (laughs) You know, like looking back, it's funny to me, but I was like, you were, you were in the field. Yeah. Like I was like, before getting on zoom, it was like dread. Like, 
I'm gonna have to get on Zoom and be a clown for, for some kids who don't wanna be there. You know, right. some of them do and I can reach them and I, I loved it. I really did love it. But at a certain point it's like, I have nothing left. I can't give you anything else. Like I gave you everything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like running my business, doing yoga therapy, seeing patients online, seeing, uh, doing all this other random stuff that I was doing to run my business and make sure it didn't fail. Um, yeah, it was just like overwhelming. And I was doing like a lot of social media stuff at that time. That's when I met a lot of you guys. And that part was so fulfilling and so awesome that I was like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. (laughs) You know, like at a point, at a certain point, I was like, this is not working for me. Um, I think I'm going to, I might kill myself. Who knows? Like, you know, it's like, that's how, how deeply I was, um, feeling that feeling of like, this cannot go on any longer for me without me falling into a puddle of nothingness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I was just like, I, even though I haven't felt it in that severity, I'm like, I'm still empathizing with you because I understand what it feels like when you put so much not, I want to say put so much pressure on yourself, but you take on a lot of different roles. You know, you are working on your business. I have a business too. You're an OT full-time. I OT full-time. You're doing your online thing. I do my online thing. Like we're doing so many things outside of OT that when the pay doesn't look right and you're working overtime and not getting paid for that or you know, it's, things are just not working for <laughs> anything. And you're, you're unable to, re- you're, you're unable to give because you have gave everything that you could. You're literally pouring from an empty cup. And I understand how that feels. And I was just like, my heart just broke, was breaking when you were telling your story, because I'm like, there are people that are going through this and they feel alone they don't get the help that they need or they just feel like well this is this is how life is going to be i have to work i have to pay my bills i have to pay for my loans this is the only way for me to survive in this life is just to work even though i may not be internally happy and i'm so glad that you made that decision We'll talk about where you are now, but I'm so glad that you made the decision to, you know, get help, seek out a therapist or, you know, other resources that you have to make sure that you can get out of that, that dark hole, that, like that darkness of like, not feeling that value, not feeling that, you know, or just not being stagnant about it, you know, just feeling comfortable with that type of feeling because some people are kind of numb to that. They're just like, okay, I'm just going to go, I'm going to just ride the boat and just rock with it for, for it because it pays the bills or they may have kids that like, I just got to work weekends all the time because, you know, Billy has soccer practice and I got to pay for his uniform or whatever, you know, like there are so many ways that, and I can't, of course, I can't vouch for people that have kids because like, I don't have a kid. I don't, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not married or any of that. But like I hear the stories of people that sacrifice time or just stay with the job because it really meets the qualities that they need at the time. But then your mental health is at rate or, or your mental health is at stake. You know, you get so much anxiety, get depressed. You just feel so down and I never wanted to be in that predicament. Even my first job was home health and I was working in um, just like one of the boroughs in New York. So I'm in Queens, so I stayed in Queens for most of the time. And (laughs) they never told me all the details. I feel like jobs never tell you what's going on until like you're deep into it. So I didn't realize that I was working like quote unquote, part-time based on the hours that I was working, but they were still paying me full-time. But they said, hey, just like you know, in order to be like full-time, you have to meet like this number, but you're at this number. And I'm like, but I already feel stressed with this number. <laughs> so how in the world am I supposed to be going an extra five visits when I'm already stressed with what I'm working with right now? 
And then, as you said before, after work, you're still doing documentation. I'm working, I'm still trying to finish up my notes and evaluation. And call the after. doctors and call the team. Right. All like, that I'm like, y'all are crazy. crazy. And I'm not getting paid extra for this. No, so, and, no. And They'll be like, oh, it's in the rate. You get a little bit of extra. And, and when I started doing the math, I was like, this math is really not mathing for me. It's not mathing. Like it's not mathing. And that's when I made the decision. Like, I need to get out of here because I felt so stressed. I was like crying whenever there was like a time I had to like change a schedule, like, or somebody canceled on me. So I was like, Oh no, I can't do this. Like it was so stressful. I'm like, why am I crying? I'm like crying to my mentor. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like nobody told me that it was like, OT was going to be this stressful, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I transitioned into the SNFs, I was working full-time, but also they were trifling too because they had me working overtime. Like I was working almost like 10 hours a week, well, 10 hours a day. And um, I was working in Brooklyn, but then the commute was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was like an hour, at least an hour heading there and back. I will be burning the midnight oil like I will leave my house before the sun come, came up just to beat traffic and I'll be leaving there like after eight I was just like this is not working I'm like why am I being so stressed and overwhelmed with this stuff and something like clicked in my head that I'm like I cannot stay here like I don't know what I need to do but I I just can't because if I end up staying here I will I don't want to say lose my mind, but like, honestly, like lose my mind because when you start to stay in an environment like that, it is, it's not good for you. Yeah. You know, what I found the most interesting is when I had my first burnout wave in like 2018, I felt really alone because I felt like I was doing something wrong and it was me and like I was the reason, like I, you know, something was wrong with me and I wasn't strong enough to handle whatever was happening. And I was, I didn't tell anybody what I was going through because I was embarrassed. I was like, dang, I like have been talking about how I love this and how I'm so passionate about it and it's breaking me. But the second time I got it, I don't know what came over me. I just started telling every, I just started talking about it. I just started posting about it. And the amount, the wave of people who were in my DMs, like, yo, I'm feeling the same thing. Like, can you tell me about how you did this or that, that, like every day I have DMs from people who like found one of my videos of me talking mess about like, you know, how healthcare has gone down the, down the rabbit hole of like craziness. But it's, I think we just need to start being real loud, real honest about what's happening in healthcare so that people are not disillusioned in going into it thinking that this is normal. Cause I wanna let y'all know, this is not normal. This is not okay. Um, and many of us, so many of us are burnt out, leaving the field or doing something completely different um, within OT with our OT hat on because we cannot take what these SNFs, what these clinics, what these home health companies and contract companies are like putting us through and you shouldn't feel bad about it. Like, that's my new thing. I'm just like, this is not normal y'all. Like, mm -hmm. let's get it together. Like, let's be loud and talk about it so that it can actually change. Because while I have left the field, like that is not like, that's not the solution for this. You know, <laughs> Like we still need OTs. We still need healthcare pro professionals. Um, but they're, we're, they're being bled out, you know and they're leaving. Yeah, wow. That what you just said is so key because um, I remember when you started posting about feeling burnt out or, and all, like even your transition and stuff. And I was so happy to see that because as you said, people don't talk about it or publicize about how they're really feeling about the profession. All you hear or see on Instagram and social media is like, I love it. It's great. Oh, you should do it. You should join too. This is awesome. And like, yeah, it, it is cool, but <laughs> let's be honest, we are all stressed. <laughs> like things are not always 
like cherries and apples and cupcakes and party favors. Like, no, some people are really stressing out and we need to be loud about it, like you said, and like how you were. And um, because if one person starts to post about it, then everybody starts to feel, okay, it's not just me. Right. You know, so I'm so glad you did bring that up. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like bash anything or the profession. Um, and I don't want it to be like a Debbie Downer negative negativity about it. But I just thought it was really interesting that once I stopped like not talking about it or like, you know, only showing the good parts of what I was doing, um, which I was proud of, it, it was interesting to see people that I knew personally or people that I knew from like Instagram or other platforms who were also very prominent on those platforms and posting really positive things, which I love being like, girl, me too. Cause that really was like, okay. Cause at first I felt crazy. I felt insane. And then once I started just being, just talking to people about it, I was like, dang, all of us feel like that. Like I have not met anyone yet who was like, oh, everything's great. It's like, I love my job, but also like <laughs> they are tripping. So yeah, it's just interesting, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like how you said that too, because like everyone experienced it. Everyone in this profession has felt some type of burnout. And if they claim that they don't, then they definitely lying because- Yeah, I'm like, I don't <laughs> believe you unless you literally, and, and even if you have your own business, I'm like, child, once I got my own business, it was great. And, you know, I have way more flexibility and I love what I do, but wow, the stress. Um, the stress is so real girl I like just um went to my accountant to just even look at what that looks like kind of like this is my first time even going through this and I'm like dang nobody told me about you know the taxes and filing I'm like like should I even done this but like as you said the flexibility part and just seeing the potential for it to grow is definitely gonna be more of the benefits versus like being stuck in a nursing home or home health agency that does not meet the qualities or the values that you have. Right. Yeah. Lots of fraud going on these days. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> that's all another. Oh, yeah, no. I'm like, these new driver, like I, I feel for them because they just I remember the things that I thought were okay when I was a new grad and I'm looking back like that was actually fraud. Like, mm-hmm. that like, was this, fine. Is, like this is not ethical at all. <laughs> so, mm, girl, that's a whole nother, that can be a whole yeah. nother episode. And so. right? like, <laughs> we could do that in another episode, but <laughs> let's talk about what are you doing now? So you left the profession and I'm very, I commend you hundred percent for that for sure. Um, but what are you doing now and how is it going? Yeah. So I have like a whole video on this on YouTube called why I left healthcare for a career in tech. (laughs) And, um, that kind of goes through a lot of it, but basically last year, um, is when I had my coming to Jesus moment of like, okay, Africa, you really love this other stuff, which is I started like building websites for my business and building websites for other people. Then I started like thinking about this yoga app that I really wanted to make. And I started asking developers how much it would cost to create an app for me. And it was like between 20K and 50K, which blew my mind. I was like, what are you doing for $50,000 when I'm telling you what I need? And it doesn't sound that complicated. So, I mean, I'm a big Googler and I will figure out how to do anything literally. So I started Googling it and figuring out what I had to do to like make this app. And I went down this rabbit hole and was like, oh, this actually sounds lit. Let me just like see what I would have to do. And I realized I would have to uh, quit my job and learn it. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I can't do that. (laughs) I was like, maybe if I enroll into like a boot camp or a training program that I can do while I work. Um, I can do that. So in January, I enrolled in like a training program called 100 Devs, which is, I just need to do a review for them, but it's 100% completely free and remote. And it teaches you full stack web development. So how to code, how to create websites, how to create like um, web apps and things like that. Um, And 
as I was learning it, I started doing like side work for people. Um, and this side work, the amount that I was getting paid was like, like crazy. It was like a lot of money, um, relative to the work that I was doing, because the difference between, um, like tech and healthcare or OT, for example, is that we're getting paid for our time. So we get paid for an hour and we build the hour. In tech, you get paid for your knowledge. So even if something only takes me an hour, I can still charge you $3,000 because of how much it took me to get that knowledge. And the fact that I can do it so quickly is not a bad thing. Like for me to charge $50 an hour for something that I can do in an hour, but no one else can do, right? So the value of like how you get paid is so different um, that it, it, it like unlocked something in me. Also, I really enjoyed that like the stakes in healthcare are so high because you're working with people's children or people's, uh, el- you know, you're working with people's families with real humans who can die if you do something wrong, who, who can be traumatized if you do something wrong. And when I'm working on the computer by myself, not talking to anybody as an introvert, who loves people, you know, an introvert who loves people and loves like connecting. Um, I'm on my computer, just making stuff, having a good time. Don't have to talk to anybody. Don't have to worry about anybody falling or dying or choking or, you know, any of that stuff you have to worry about. Don't have to worry about documentation. I mean, you sure, sure you have to worry about documentation, but not in the way that we are worried about it. So I'm making these websites. It's so fun. And the people that I'm making the websites for are like, passing out from like happiness at how, how awesome it is that I made this thing for them. So, I mean, that really got my gears running. I'm still working full time, mind you, running my business as an OT throughout this time. By the time I got to May, um, it clicked for me that this was a real viable, uh, career choice because before I was like, I'm too dumb to learn how to code. Like even in January, I was assuming that I would drop out and that I wouldn't be able to figure it out, which is why, you know, I was like, I'll just do a free program and I will just work and see what happens. But when I got paid, (laughs) when I got paid $1,500 to build a website and $1,500 is on the extremely low end for a website to be built for you. Like, I think the first website I built for someone was like $800 the average is like $3,000, but I felt like I can't command that amount of money. So I was like, oh, this is still great because it only took me like a week to make this. And then the next time I like upped my price and the person didn't blink. Then the next time I upped my price, the person, you know, the people, they're just like, how much do I need to give you to make something amazing? And as you learn how to make things amazing, it's like, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting paid the same amount that I was getting paid as an OT to do something that I enjoy way more that takes me one third the time. And that, just saying that out loud, I'm like, I cannot believe that I taught myself how to do this thing that I can now sustain myself. Like I'm working part-time freelance, looking for a full-time job right now because I finished my apprenticeship. But the amount that I'm making is enough for me to like be fine. And I'm working like, Um, 10 hours, 10 hours a a week or something like that. Um, And I have like four patients, four OT patients to supplement my income. And what that's four hours a week again. And I'm getting paid the same that I was making. When you were full-time working 40 hours. I mean, not, I'm not exactly getting paid the same because I'm not working hard. Right. And and this is on purpose because I'm still learning. (laughs) So I'm working enough to like pay my bills and have a little bit of extra, but like with way less effort. A lot of my effort is going into learning something extremely hard. Like to me, learning this is as hard as going to OT school, which we're all traumatized from OT school. So you know what I mean when I say that, but the difference is like, I'm not killing myself. I'm doing it from, I'm working from home. Like I went to Mexico. I went to Peru. Um, I went to Miami. I built websites and got paid. Like I I was supposed to be going to Costa Rica next, next month and a website's paying for the whole trip. (laughs) 
that is like what what yeah like wow. it's crazy yeah. oh but my the problem is and and everyone wants to do it once I tell them that I'm like you got to get through learning it because mm-hmm. that's why I'm getting paid what I'm getting paid and it's not by hour it's because the for me to learn that it took everything in me and I'm still learning right um, and still searching for a job looking for a job is like really hard because you have to know a lot of like algorithms and all this other stuff but I don't have a full-time job and I'm getting paid like freelance. Like once I do something for one person, they tell their friend and then they tell their friend. And then I just have like my steady stream of um, income and I'm making fun stuff. The yoga app that I wanted to make last year that I thought I would have to pay somebody 50,000 for. And now I understand why they said 50,000 because I made it and it took me months and it took a lot of hard work. Um, and it's not even a, a, a phone app yet. It's just like a web app. Like I didn't even do the extra, you know? So yeah. now I'm like, I understand why they pay, why they quote so much to do things. I understand why a website costs $3,000 to make a business website or 2000 or even a thousand, you know, like those sounded like a lot of money until I had to do it myself. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like this is a lot of work. Even if it doesn't take a lot of time, it's still like you have to design, you have to, create code from scratch. Um, And the other thing about the websites is like, I'm not for the freelance clients. It's not like I'm coding something from scratch. I'm using like website builders um, that anyone can learn how to do. So even on the low level, anyone can learn that and make $1,200 for a website. You know, like it's not, it's not that hard. You just have to want to know how to learn and figure it out. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at now. Right now I'm looking for a full-time software engineering job, but I'm getting paid enough on side jobs in my OT work to like not be frantically searching for one. So when I get that full-time job, that's when I'm going to be like, y'all, I did it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I did it already because I can sustain myself and I'm exactly. having Exactly. Girl, what? That was so great to hear because I feel that Sometimes when you're in the OT world, you get in this box, right? Like you just feel like this is the only thing I can focus on. And with your passion with tech, from even from younger, you still like, <laughs> look where you are now. You're working in tech, you're working with creating websites and apps and making great money with less of the work. Like I always tell people that I want to get paid without working hard. Like I'm trying to get good money without working too hard on myself where I feel mentally drained, physically drained and whatever I do. And I know I'm I'm actually gonna talk to you a little bit after this because I have ideas in my head for my own business in terms of fitness and on creating, you know, something in terms of, for like my community to create, to have something in terms of like, programs or videos and things of that nature for them to have access to um, whenever they need it most. And I just love that you have found that thing that sets you apart from literally anyone I know. So it's great to hear that you could be creating websites while you're just like chilling on the beach in Mexico and just living your best life, because that is what everybody wants to have but as you said it takes time you have to literally trust the process and take the time to learn the knowledge learn the skills and present it in a way that people won't have to think twice about giving you money you know like for me with fitness I always think about um my passion with kettlebells like I love kettlebells I love how they work and it took me over a year to really get the, the gist of what it can consist of. So like, that's meaning like taking time and money to do these certifications and buy these kettlebells. Like mm-hmm. I got like nine kettlebells over here. <laughs> like, it, yeah. And you move like butter with those things. Like I, the thing about Instagram or, you know, video content that's uh, so powerful is how you can show, how you can tell a story and then have people 
girl, I didn't care about no kettlebells before I saw you flinging those things, looking like a goddess. I was like, dang, maybe I need to do kettlebell exercises. But I feel like, um, I don't know, that's, it's a, it's a good uh, example. Um, and for, for what the other thing that I wanted to talk about that I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. um, especially because we're talking about OT and like different careers and, and ways to go with it. The thing that was the most awesome about this career switch is that it directly ties into OT because we work on like accessibility and my specialty in doing all of this is working on web accessibility. So pretty much having people be able to access the internet um, and people with disabilities who need to use screen readers or speech to text, voice to text, or who need to use different assistive technology devices to like interact with the web. Those are all things that OTs are innately, you know, positioned to do and, and something that we have a lot of knowledge about. It's just getting that extra specialty of like knowing how the web works and X, Y, Z. So I just wanted to, to mention that because it's not just like I'm making like websites or whatever or making these programs, but because I'm an OT and I care about like the therapeutic part of it, like a lot of what I do and what I want to do is highlight like I'm, I'm here to help users with disabilities or, or those who have trouble, um, you know, getting access to to the web or to technology like that's my whole thing that I really want to to kind of focus on yeah like OT is so broad but we can align it to anything we want right so as you said with the website designing but like just website accessibility knowing that knowledge of adaptive technology and how it correlates to creating a website that will be accessible accessible for all for all people, regardless of their abilities, is so key. And that a lot of web developers or people in tech have that skill. And I love- No, they they don't even think about it. No, they don't. (laughs) It's so interesting because I've worked with, before doing any of this technology stuff, I worked with assistive technology and people who are using different devices to type or to you know, use switches when they can't use a mouse or even just finding them cool stuff like this, like a mouse that's vertical. Um, But I remember going on these websites and all the websites specifically for people who use screen readers who are blind or um, low vision or using screen readers for cognitive reasons. Um, All these websites are not built for the screen readers to be able to be read properly. And me and my patients used to just roast all the websites we go to because the website will be reading out like gibberish and we don't know what's going on. And I have to like tell them what's on the screen and people are suing people, you know, suing these businesses and getting millions of dollars um, because of this. But I, I just think it was so interesting because before I didn't understand how it worked. And I would wonder, like, why is this not a thing that why why do we keep running into this? And now that I'm knee deep in it, I'm like, oh, I see why, because we're not learning it. No one is thinking about users who need devices to get on the web. And it's not easy to make those things happen. So I don't know. It's been really, really cool learning about that type of stuff. Yeah, it's an eye opener. You're just like, man, you just want to kind of share the wealth. Like nobody knows this stuff, but like I do. And I need to let people to, I need people to be aware of it. You know, like that's how I, (laughs) like that's how I feel with kettlebells. Like with everything that I learn, I see how it's so applicable to how we move and just like OT. And um, there's like one movement in like the foundational exercises is like the Turkish getup and then every time when I break down that specific movement I'm just like yo if everybody knew how to like do this exercise I kid you not like the percentage of people falling and like fragility and like older adults would literally decrease because Girl, make a good make a youtube video yeah, on that. i'm about to because i like i can go on a whole tangent on it but i'll be really quick with it because like literally if you think about like when somebody falls right the way that they fall and how they even get up 
is very similar to that Turkish getup. So I'm just like, yo, I need to break this down so well to the point where like people understand. And it's such an underrated exercise, but also like nobody knows about it. So using my OT brain and fitness brain and kettlebell knowledge, everything together, they all mesh so well that people can benefit from this information. And that's why you're in a position where you are right now, where you can provide that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like having a a different lens and looking through it. It's been, it's been uh, interesting because now that I'm in it, like these big companies that I thought were like, I could never work for them. Like I'm talking to like Google and Amazon and LinkedIn and like probably all the ones you can think about. Like I'm just talking to them. I'm just like rolling up to conferences and like talking with recruiters and with um, hiring managers, asking them basic questions about accessibility that they can't answer. Um, when it's so important, when they all have like these DNI, you know, diversity inclusion initiatives, and but they're not thinking about like anyone with disabilities, anybody who, you know, like it's just interesting that these huge companies um, sometimes have that blind spot. And I'm coming in as like the an occupational therapist who who this is my whole world, right? This is our whole world because we're working with people who have injuries and disorders and all that other stuff. Um, and it, it's, it's a huge, it's just like huge. They just don't think about it. Um, so I don't know. It's just one of those things I've been noticing. Um, that is a big, 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 big gap in the market. I love that. And you see the need and they see the need for it. So, oh yeah. Cause when I say it, they're like, oh yeah. Um, oh. we definitely have a team that kind of works on that. And I'm like, no, you don't. I'm right now and. <laughs> Like, here's my card, here's my information. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, do you want to hire me so that we can work on this? Because like, I have a whole thing that I can kind of like teach your whole like place about. And I, I'm still a newbie. I'm still a newbie engineer. So I don't know everything and I have a ton to learn. So it's been really anxiety inducing to put myself out there and talk about these things with people who are brilliant and probably looking at little old me, you know, this black woman, I'm like two things that are the opposite of the average person in tech, right? So I feel like that makes it so much harder and so much more intimidating for me to put myself out there as someone who does not have a, like a computer science degree, I have a random master's in therapy that has nothing to do with technology, right? So I think being like a career switcher and trying to take OT with you is definitely possible. But in reality, no one really gets what we do. You have to like really advocate for for OT and like what it means and 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 what we can bring and our value to to different different places. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much, Africa, for everything that you dropped in this podcast. I think this was such a great discussion to talk about, not just OT, but how can we think outside the box? You know, like if you have a passion and you're in occupational therapy, you can literally make OT the way that you want it to be. Like you don't have to be stuck in a box where you're overwhelmed or feeling burned out and feel like you have to stay there. Like you don't have to do that. We have so many opportunities to open up and provide that knowledge to huge companies that like I'm sure you would have never imagined to be working with Google, LinkedIn, and Amazon and all these like amazing, well-known businesses and companies. And now they're going to get a chance to learn about what OT is based on your knowledge and importance of accessibility and the ability to provide that type of um, services to allow people to have access to their company and their services. So I appreciate you so much, Africa. Um, I definitely have to bring you back on to talk a little bit more about this and even about other topics in the future. But um, yes, I really do appreciate you for this. My pleasure. So at the end of the episode, I usually allow my guests to um, share their social media handles or any projects that they are working on. 
So this is your time to share it. Oh, yes. So speaking of that lovely yoga app that I've been trying to make for like a year, I just finished my MVP for that. So it's not done. It's going to take me a long time to really like finish it, but you can try it out at www.yourstretchbreak.com. Um, that's just one of my projects that I'm working on that that's, uh, at least there's a website now that you can kind of check it out. And it's pretty much for people who work on the computer a lot or, um, require like stretch breaks for the upper extremity. And it gives you stretches for your eyes, hands, shoulders, and neck. And you can kind of uh, click on like a timer that I made that a five minute timer, and then click on each. Um, body part and each body part has like 10 to 15 like stretches they're just gifs from like yoga videos that I did but I still think it's cool Um, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and YouTube at Africa Kenya with an H at the end of Kenya Um, but yeah so my YouTube is the thing that I would love people to like go subscribe to (laughs) And I have like yoga videos and also all my videos on my transition from um, therapy to tech. So I don't use Instagram that much anymore um, because the algorithm is toxic. But yeah. Girl, don't get me started with Instagram with that nonsense (laughs) because I'm a little salty with Instagram right now. Oh, man. We all are. I feel like anybody who like really likes Instagram or have have used it for all the years that we've been like using it it's like yeah. trash now but mm-hmm. it is yeah I need to get on to YouTube uh, I'm on YouTube but I'm not on it as much but I need to get like posting more videos and stuff so it's really hard it's so it hard it is especially if you want to make it look the Good. way you want it not yeah. just like I recorded this and I'm gonna post it I like the editing portion and stuff but it takes time yeah yeah it's a lot like the thing about YouTube is like I feel like the payoff's a lot smaller and it takes so much more to to build but my strategy now well not now because I'm so burnt out with like learning and doing all this other stuff but what allowed me to get a lot of videos up on there is I was just like I don't care if it's perfect I'm just gonna post it and some of my videos are not great like the sound mixing and editing is awful but I have like a bunch of videos up there now that I could be like yo if you have this thing that you want to learn about yoga or whatever I made a video on it it might not be the greatest but people tell me they watch my videos every day which is wild so I guess it doesn't matter hey there you go (laughs) you're doing something right then yeah Alrighty, Africa, thank you so much for your time, guys. This was the episode with Africa. We talked about OT things. We talked about feeling burnt out. And then we also talked about Africa being in tech now and what she does in that sense and how she still uses her OT brain in that in that deal too. So I hope you guys learned a thing or two. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that was mentioned in this podcast, please, please hit me up. Or you can also reach out to Africa as well if you are interested in tech, if you're interested in anything that she is doing, or if you need services as well. I'm about to hit her up too about some stuff. So you will not be the only one. But that is all for now. And I will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.